Hey guys, my name is Johnny Artavanis and this is Dial In. I want to thank some of you guys for notifying me that some of my podcast episodes had been taken down from Apple Podcasts. We've re-uploaded those and we believe the issue has been fixed. In that same vein, if you guys would leave us a comment slash rating on whatever podcast platform you listen on, that really helps get the word out about the show uh, so that more people can hear the truth of God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, in this episode, I sit down with Mark Spence. He's the Senior Vice President of Living Waters Ministries. He's a great guy, a good friend, and he's got a heart of evangelism, which I am just drawn to because we need to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in this episode, I ask him just what are some of those main hindrances that we have to sharing Christ? And what are some of the main hindrances that people have in receiving the truth of the gospel? You're not going to want to miss it. Let's dial in. Well, Mark, thank you for sitting down. I have so many questions I want to ask you as you are a preeminent leader in regards to apologetics and evangelism. I wanted to ask you, what are some of the main oppositions that people throw at you when you're sharing the gospel in regards to the Christian faith, the Word of God, and so forth? I think one of the top questions that I get just from a, an individual out on the street is they think that they are plenty good enough to get to heaven. Why do I need to become a Christian? I'm already good. I'm good enough. And they kind of compare themselves to other people. Right? And you'll always find somebody worse than yourself if you compare yourself to somebody else, right? If you go up to the guy who's uh, smoking marijuana and you say, man, you shouldn't be doing that, right? You're killing dendrites inside your brain. And he goes, so what? I'm still a good person. I'm not like that guy slamming heroin. Yeah. I go over to the guy slamming heroin and I go, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm still a good person. I'm not like that guy. That guy's raping individuals. And I go up to that person who thinks he's a good person. And he points to the murderer. And the murderer points himself to a mass murderer. What happens is when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves, we will always find somebody worse than ourselves. And the truth of the matter is God is not going to be comparing ourselves to anybody because he doesn't grade on a curve. Yeah. He grades on the cross, mm. right? And so when we look at the law of God, that demonstrates that we are all as an unclean thing in need of a savior. So I think one of the top questions that I get out there is uh, people go, why do I need to become a Christian? I, I'm not that bad of a person. And that paves the way for the law mm. on into the gospel. That's such a helpful misconception to address because I think people do look at God sometimes like a cool professor right. that does grade on a curve, but he is also a righteous judge. Okay, so one of them would be the relativity of morality or the depth of their sin. R.C. Okay. Sproul says we judge ourselves by ourselves and amongst ourselves. Yeah. What would be another main opposition that you hear when you're sharing Christ with people? Who well, I think the number, actually the number one question I'll get from a skeptic, yeah. from an atheist, an agnostic, would be the problem of evil. Uh, if God is so loving, so powerful, why is there evil and suffering inside the world? And C.S. Lewis, he juggled through this as well. He wrote a book called A Grief Observed. Yeah. But you get one of those first versions, those first copies, his name's not on it. Mm -hmm. He wrote it with a pseudonym, not wanting anybody to know the difficulty that he was going through. Married to Joy Davidman for 10 years, she comes down with cancer and dies. Yeah. Married out of convenience, fell in love with her, then she was snatched away. But for C.S. Lewis, it wasn't an argument of logic, does God exist, but it was one of loss. If God exists, since God exists, why, why do the innocent suffer? What, what is going on? I was at uh, Long Beach State, and I was uh, doing some open-air preaching, and I had a professor that came up against me, and we were talking 
about uh, the problem of evil. And when I was all done, I had a student come up to me, 29 years old, and she said, I have a question about what you're bringing up about suffering and, and God. I said, yeah, well, what's, what's the problem? She said, well, if, if God is good, why, why is there suffering? Now, when somebody raises an objection like that, we can't just philosophize on them, yeah. right? These are people. These are not issues. These are people. Mm -hmm. These are not questions. These are people that are yeah. going through life. Yeah. And so I asked her, because I'm not clairvoyant, why do you ask? And that's a good question to ask when somebody asks you a question. Mm -hmm. right, of all the questions that you could ask, you ask that one, why? Yeah. And she said, I'm 29 years old. I've been given six months to live. Mm -hmm. I have cancer. My parents are dead. I have no siblings. I have no boyfriend. When I die, my name dies with me. Yeah. And I said, you know, I think you're asking the wrong question. It's not where's God, why is God doing these things to me, but rather how kind is God to remind you that you have an appointment with death? Mm -hmm. How kind is God to allow our paths to cross? You know, I mean, Jonathan Edwards said, God stamp eternity on my eyelids that whether I'm awake or asleep, I think of you. Right now you've been given cancer. You're looking at it in a way of being so negative, but if you turn it around, you think 150,000 people are gonna die today people that are planning for tomorrow, tomorrow never comes knocking, but all you think about is death. Mm -hmm. How kind is God to give you an opportunity to get right with him? Yeah. And then she was all teared up, and since I'm a guy, I pretended to tear up, you know, but I was, I was there with her, right? I was jiving with her, and I cared sincerely about what she was going through. Yeah. But that, I think, is the, the top question, and it's an easy thing to deal with. Yeah. Uh, philosophically, it's not difficult. To, to address it. So let's say you're talking to an atheist and they, they bring up the problem of evil. And even that would be, you know, I, I think you would say like a self-contradicting argument because if there is no God, there is no law, and there is no standard by which we're measuring good or evil. So how do you even approach the question itself in a way that points to the existence of, of God's yeah. law in God's word? Well, somebody pointed out, you know, you cannot have evil without good and you cannot have good without God. Right. If, if there is no foundation for morality, then there's no difference between a man who kills his dog to feed his starving son or a man who kills his son to feed his starving dog. Yeah. Right. That, and that's very important to know. Um, I was, the story before that girl at the Long Beach State, there was a professor that stepped up on the soapbox and we got like big cameras and big old boom mic that's recording us out on the, uh, the campus there. And the opening line that this professor had was, Christianity is not true. To which I said, well, do you believe in absolute truth? And he said, no, I don't believe in truth. And I go, is it true that there's no such thing as truth? And he goes, yes. So then I just asked him, are contradictions allowed when you communicate? Because he's contradicting himself. And he said, yeah, contradictions are allowed. To which I said, oh, so they're not allowed. He says, no, they are allowed. And I go, do you realize when you say contradictions are allowed when you communicate, you're saying contradictions are not allowed when you communicate, you need to always tell the truth. Well, we kind of were butting heads a little bit there in a very loving, respectful way. Actually, we're gonna release the video here pretty soon. When we're all done, he came up to me and he said, hey, Mark, would you do me a favor? Do me a solid. Don't air this footage. I said, why not? He says, I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to edit with integrity. You're not gonna make me look like a buffoon. I did that myself. I'm just gonna ask you not to do 
the video. And I said, what do you teach? He goes, I teach debate. I teach people how to argue, yeah. right? They but, lost the argument, yeah. yeah. But the, the, his issue while we were talking was the problem of evil. And I addressed in our conversation, I said, listen, even Richard Dawkins said that there is no such thing as evil. We're just dancing to our own DNA, right? I mean, um, the French poet Baudelaire, he said, um, how can you talk about a loving God as I'm kneeling at the bed of my dying child? John Lennox came along and he said, I'm just curious, what does the French poet Baudelaire say to his dying child? Does he look into her eyes and say, tough luck? That's the way the ball bounces. Because as an atheist, that's all you have. No meaning of life. No, why am I here? What's gonna happen to me when I die? So there really is no problem of evil with God because as a Christian, we know Romans 8, 28 is really, all things are working together for our good. And if that really be the case, well then, there's really no issues. They're just stepping stones to get us to where we need to be. So that's, God has everything under control. That's so helpful. And I think um, you've already touched on it, but I'm interested in kind of hearing more in this regard. You, you mentioned that when we're answering these objections, we're talking to people and not just the oppositions that they bring. Kind of talk about the perspective that I've, I've heard you mention before in regards to the James, the wisdom of God. Yeah. We're not answering as intellectual elitists that are trying to vanquish foes yes. in an argument. We're trying to win people. So talk about that wisdom yeah. from above in regards to how we navigate tough conversations. Yeah, well, remember that if it wasn't for God's grace, we would be in that same position with faulty logic. And scripture says that God has to grant repentance that leads to the truth. Mm -hmm. That God didn't just come to give us fire insurance, but he came to save our mind from the depravity that it's resting inside of. Greg Bonson, the uh, presuppositionalist, he said, the apologist who fails to recognize the greatest need of his opponent, which is to give him the gospel. If he doesn't do that, he's cruel and he's proud. Mm -hmm. He's cruel because he fails to give them what they need the most, which is the gospel. And he's proud because he's more interested in coming across as an intellectual elitist. Yeah. Look what I know and you don't. Yeah. I mean, what do we have that we haven't already received? Yeah. So we must get to the gospel. That is the power of God into salvation. Yeah. It's so important. Yeah, I love that, what you said, because it's, we're to be always ready to give a defense, but with gentleness and respect, and I think sometimes that latter element is lost in an attempt to basically bash people with the truth, and yeah. so. We have to speak the truth in love. We need to realize these are people. Yeah who woke up this morning spending more time thinking about what sort of a latte they're gonna order in the morning than what's gonna to happen to them 100 years from now. Yeah. So we need to enter into the conversation yeah. with gentleness, wanting to make peace, being respectful. Listen, we are all created in the image of God. We're all fellow image bearers. It doesn't matter what their sexual orientation is. I could be patient with someone. That's just not my natural proclivity to do what they've done. God has protected me from doing certain things. Yeah, it's because that, you're inherently better than them. Yeah, I'm, yeah exactly yeah. right, no better. No, that's so helpful. Now, Mark, where can, where can people hear more about your ministry, um, hear more about even some of the other questions that you guys answer as a ministry? Yeah, so our website is livingwaters.com. Uh, obviously, I have the the Instagram, we have a YouTube channel, it's called Living Waters, and we just passed 1.2 million subscribers. Wow. And it's really just people, hitting people on the streets, sharing the gospel, awesome. and really on a street level. And we've, we finish all of our podcasts off with, you know, thank you for tuning in to the Living Waters podcast. 
where we have no idea what we're doing. And it, it really seems like that because we're not arriving, we're not attaining to anything. We're just kind of like linking arms. And yeah. we said, we'll go anywhere as long as it's forward. Well, that's so helpful. And that has been a helpful resource to me. So I encourage everyone listening to check out the Living Waters ministry and podcast. But Mark, thank you once again for your time and for your help in this regard. Yeah, my pleasure.